You're listening to the Jack and Chill Podcast. Jack, today we have a little bit of a heavy topic, um, grief. Jack, yeah. what are your experiences with grief and how would you define it for our listeners here? Yeah, so grief is a is a, a tough topic. And for our listeners out there, grief is the emotion that you feel when uh, someone that you, you loved, uh, a loved one passes away or, or dies. And um, for me, I, I never really experienced it. Um, I, I, I didn't experience it for a long time because when I was born, my, Two, two of my grandparents were had already passed away or passed away when I was a baby. So you, I just grew up never knowing my, my grandfather on my father's side. And I grew up not knowing my grandmother on my mother's side. And my grandfather on my mother's side was alive, but we, we weren't really in contact with him. He was um, an abusive alcoholic and uh so growing up there was a lot of um s- stress in my my mother's family because of my grandfather's drinking and and when he was uh when i was in middle or sorry elementary school maybe 5th grade um during summer camp my grandfather uh, passed away in a nursing home and my parents asked me you know do you want to go to the funeral we'll come pick you up or you can just stay at camp. And I just stayed at camp and I, I really felt nothing. I, I I remember meeting him one time in the nursing home and it was just scary, you know, cause it was all, all these elderly, sick people, very thin. And I, he, I just, I didn't have any relationship with him at all. So I, I really only had my, my father's mother, my grandmother on my father, my father's side. And she, we called her Bubba. Uh, and Bubba was uh, the best, you know, she really um, filled in for all the, for the other three grandparents I didn't have. I, I wouldn't trade, you know, four grandparents for, for one Bubba in yeah, ever because uh, she was amazing. And, um, and she lived to be 92 years old. And so wow. she passed maybe in like 2009, I think, if I'm not mistaken, some, somewhere around there. Uh, my daughter was just a baby at the time. And, um, and I, I felt, uh, very, very sad, obviously, because, um, it's, it's hard when you lose someone that you love. Um, but I also, on the other hand, she lived to be 92 years old. Like she lived a very full life, a very long life. Yeah. Grew up in the great depression in America, uh, in, on a farm in South Dakota. Um, so she was tough, you know, tough as nails. Like there was no, um, she didn't, uh, she wasn't a, you know, delicate uh, person, you know, she grew up (laughs) in the hard times in America and she um, married uh, my my grandfather, who was uh, 
a mechanic in the uh, military. He uh, served in Panama, uh, building of the Panama Canal during World War II. Um, so, you know, it was th there just just a, that famous, you know, uh, kind of story of 1950s. They had ch their children. They grew up in the 50s and 60s. My, my father uh, was uh, in elementary school in the 50s and then high school and university in the 60s and early 70s. Um, and so that was my first experience with with grief. Um, but uh, in the last three, about three years ago, my one of my very, very close friends, uh, I probably I have a best friend from high school and a best friend from college. And my best friend from college passed away. And that was um, because, he, you know, it's he he was young, you know, I mean, not, not maybe not not, you know, not not like in his 20s. He was in his, his 40s. But um, that's young to pass. That's very. Yeah, young to pass. that's that's very young to pass. And and uh, that was that one, you know, stopped me in my tracks. You know, it was that was a very, very difficult um, one to process. And I think I'm, you know, still processing it. And and probably will always be processing it in some way because it just leaves a a massive hole in your in your heart in your life um where something will happen and you 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 want that person's advice or you want to tell that person and you and you remember that they're not here and and you can't you can't tell them and you'll never laugh together you'll you know you you won't you're not going to share a moment again and everything you had with that person is everything you will ever have with that person and that's a very here's an english expression for our listeners a hard pill to swallow you know it's hard to accept that reality that this that's it you know the time that you had is the time is the is the only time that you you get with that person and it just seems um cruel you know that an illness would um affect someone that young and and take them away from 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 their family and from their friends um and yeah, it just it just kind of um, I don't know what the word is like. I it 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 it's it has like a dulling effect, like it uh, um, a numbing effect. Yeah, it it leaves you kind of like it it can be dangerous because it can make you cynical, right? Like it can make you kind of angry at the world or angry at God or. Or, or just kind of like, what's the point of, of all this? Because um, anyone that we love can just be torn away from us at any moment. Or, right. but, but that's the, the, that's the anger stage of grief, I think, you know, where you're just, you get angry and you, you don't, you shouldn't stay, you don't want to stay in that mindset, you know, of, of anger. Um, you want to move on to acceptance um, and appreciate and be happy and and blessed that you at least the time that you did have with that person.
be be lucky that you are able to have that time with that person. But it's hard to get to to that stage of grief. I think um, it it does take a lot of kind of internal struggle within yourself. Um, it takes uh, a, a more mature kind of um, approach to life and understanding that wow, you know, like life is very delicate and it's not as nothing is guaranteed and so it'll make you hug the your loved ones that are still here a little bit harder and you know what i mean like in in that moment uh, for example i was in america recently and i got to see my daughter and even though she was embarrassed i i i made sure to hug her and tell her i love her um when i said goodbye to her because I, I didn't care if, if it embarrassed her friends or anything and she didn't okay. care either because, okay. you know, it's like that you, you never, ever know. There are no guarantees in, in life. And so those are, that was my, my takeaway from my experience with grief. And uh, how about you? Like, how, how have you been dealing with, with your experiences with grief? Um, well, for our listeners, I think there's an important concept um, about the stages of grief in the United States. Um, we call them like the five stages of grief and their mm -hmm. denial, um, which is like kind of denying that it happened, glossing over it. Um, you really don't feel any of those feelings. You're kind of numb. Um, it's hard to process or even perceive that it really happened. Then there's anger, which is, of course, being angry about what happened or feeling like, you know, uh, it was unfair. There's the bargaining stage, which is a stage where you're like, oh, if only this had happened, maybe they wouldn't have passed. If only this had happened, maybe if I had done this differently, if they had done this differently, if the doctors had done this differently, um, this all wouldn't have happened. And then there's a depression stage, which is kind of where your feelings get the best of you and you're starting you're in the midst of processing them i feel like um and you feel right. a great sadness it's hard to get out of bed it's hard to do your daily tasks and the last stage is acceptance which is what jack was talking about where you accept um what has happened and you maybe take some valuable lessons or you know move forward with uh, a better understanding of what occurred i think it's hard for me because you can uh, contrary to popular belief, you can experience these in any order and you can also experience the, the cycle multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, what I struggle with the most is I am the kind of person that I don't think I process. I don't think I process my feelings because mm -hmm. I see everyone else around me crying and stuff and I'm just standing there awkwardly. Um, and I do cry sometimes, <laughs> but yeah. it, but not, it's like, I, it's not like an in the moment thing, like how I see everyone else going through stages in the moment. It's kind of like, I feel like a third person watching everything happen. You know what I mean? I don't know if this resonates. Yeah. At all. I, there's a word for that. It's, it's disassociation, right? Yeah. I kind of disassociate. It's like you're, it's like watching a, a life movie, but it's your life, but you're watching it as if it weren't your life, as if it's a movie or you're seeing it in the third person. Yeah. Um, that, that's a coping mechanism, I think. You know? Yeah, it is a coping mechanism. Yeah. And that's definitely how I 
it's like a faulty it's known as a faulty coping mechanism which is like an unhealthy coping mechanism mm-hmm. and it's definitely one that i experience a lot because well in mexican tradition there's a lot that is different i think different from u.s tradition and it was things that were really hard for me to experience because this my grandmother passing was the first time that I was actually here for someone in my family passing and it's the Mexican side. So we did everything the Mexican way. And that means like, as she was passing away, we were, we all had to be in the room with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were watching her, pa- we were in the hospital with her nonstop pretty much. My mom slept there every single night um, in the ICU and the rest of us were there pretty much every single day and night Uh different varying times and when they took her off life support we had to like watch her pass but it was very hard because death isn't like the movies where they like unconnect someone from life support and they just like quietly pass like they're falling asleep yeah it's not really what happens i don't really want to disturb any of our viewers but like the people kind of gasp for breath for breath for a long time when they're unhooked from life support for at least in my experience they can have an immediate collapse that does happen but um what happened with my grandmother is that she kept gasping for air for a long time but she wasn't like there mentally like she couldn't speak she didn't even know we were there she didn't respond like if i like waved my hand over her eyes to see she's like her eyes were clouded over Mm -hmm. Um, but just like her body her lungs still gasping for breath and this went on for like i want to say like 24 hours um i want to say and um it was really hard and then you have to stay with the body overnight in mexican tradition so you can't like go home you have to sleep in the hospital with the body or whatever um once a person has passed away the body can't be alone the first night um Mm -hmm. so my aunt my mom my sister slept there i went home because i was sick and i'd already slept in the hospital like two nights i want to say yeah (laughs) Uh, just like in in a chair because there wasn't any like beds or anything for us to sleep in and i just couldn't take it anymore i don't know how everyone else did it i felt like sick like i could barely function at that point sure and emotionally you were just that was it you were drained yeah i couldn't do anymore i felt exhausted physically mentally emotionally spiritually and i I don't know how other people push through it's like i just couldn't do it it had been days it really been over a month since my aunt and i had a good night's sleep because um my grandmother had been sick for all this time and we had been watching her and my sister and my mother flew in and they hadn't really they had been resting up until that point. So yeah. they really had to take over some stuff for us. But um, that was a really hard part. And then the other hard part was um, once, you know, she passed and everything before the cremation, like we had to see her body. And that's yeah. very hard because people's bodies, it changes once they pass, like their skin changes. It was like purple. And I won't go into details to, you know, scar our audience or anything, but (laughs) it was very difficult. And um, it was difficult for me because it's like my sister and my aunt, my mom were all crying. And I was just standing there like disassociating. I was humming a song that she really liked, that my grandmother really liked, that her favorite song. I was like humming that, but I was checked out. I like was not there at all. 
and it was just weird to see everyone like crying over the body and i was just like i was in outer space i was not i was not there (laughs) and i was not crying um and so i think it's weird how everyone processes grief differently but i think it can feel weird when everyone else is kind of processing in a similar way and you're like the odd one out yeah that is i mean i i really get upset when people judge the way people grieve because Mm -hmm. i i think i'm same as you um it's almost it's almost like an overload you know like the like when a computer freezes Mm -hmm. you know um there's just there's too much and what happens is i just kind of have an out-of-body experience like i just kind of float away and just say like you know nope too much can't can't deal with this and i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna go <laughs> to another dimension for a little while um and catch my breath and mm-hmm. that can look kind of cold to people from the outside you know looking in as right. you you're just standing there but you're not crying and you you you're you just look normal uh quote unquote normal um but inside you're 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 just dealing with so much at one time that you just you just kind of check out like you said and i i think i again i i just think that's like a a self preservation kind of a thing it's like, like a coping mechanism yeah, exactly. A coping mechanism. It's it's just it's just the way your your brain is wired. It's like um too many stressors in in one moment and you just kind of freeze. You know, there's that that kind of fight, flight or freeze. I don't know if if that um applies here or not, but I think it it makes what you're describing makes perfect sense to me. Because I think right. I, I process things the same way as you. Um, but I think like when when those emotions settle down and you, you'll have a moment where you will be able to process it in a more, uh, for lack of a better word, traditional way. Right. Typical way, maybe. Yeah. And, you know, some people just don't like to cry in front of other people, you know? Um, So when I, when I, when finally the floodgates opened and I I wept, it was during my, during the funeral, which was, took place during COVID. So the, uh, so, uh, so the funeral was online. So I just remember just being alone in in my office in my house and this is like two or three o'clock in the morning and i was just weeping and but it had taken me days to to get to that that stage where it finally hit you know kind of like a like an arrow just boom it was i was finally ready to start processing but maybe you know, the days prior to that, um, it just seemed unreal. It's like, you know, this is not, this is not really happening. You know, it's, it's, it's that kind of, that kind of thing. And, and I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, if there's one takeaway from our talk today about grief is 
I just think there's, you know, 6 billion people on the planet or 7 billion people. And there's probably 7 billion different ways to grieve. And, and I, and we shouldn't rush to judgment when people don't follow the quote unquote traditional methods of, of weeping. I, I think movies have really, like, like you said, uh, when you're describing the process of death, um, in the movies, you know, the, the, uh, the person dying often just, you know, they've, it's so romanticized, you know, they kind of, you know, brush their hair back and then close their eyes and, and that's it, you know? Um, and that, that's not the, the dying process. Um, I, I was listening to an interview with, uh, the lead singer of U2, um, talking about his uh, father's passing. And he's, he said, you know, dying is, is as messy as being born. You know, we, yeah, we come into accurate. this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's, it, he, that was what, that was his takeaway from it. Cause he had never experienced that, but taking care of his father in his final days, he was very surprised at just how, messy and and ugly the process can be and and it's so unlike you know in the movies where it's just so you know you're you're here and then you're gone but it's actually a process death is a, a slow process sometimes you know it can be immediate but it can also be drawn out and um and i don't think we i, I think we we it's it's too it's too ugly a thing for us to to look at and and talk about um i, I think we 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 don't want we don't want to accept that as the reality but i think anyone working in a hospital or hospice um you know people who are in the medical profession they they understand this reality very well yep i agree with you and yeah. what are some takeaways or lessons that you feel like um, you gained after you kind of, after things settled down from someone's passing? Yeah, I, that's a good question. And I, I wonder, you know, if I, I, I don't know if I have any wisdom for, for people. I think, well, here's something that I think is is helpful for for people. And I think that people should remember this. Um, when someone passes the, I think the worst thing you can do is try to provide some meaning to it for the person. That's true. That's true. Which I, which it, it's, it sounds counterintuitive, you know, cause you think that if you, if you could just say the one profound thing, to the person at the funeral, then they will feel better. But mm -hmm. it's it has nothing to do with it's it's all about the person grieving. It's nothing to do with you, the friend of that person. The only the only appropriate response, I think, is to just grieve together. Just 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 wrap your arms around that person hug them and say, I'm so sorry for your loss. That, that's it. 
there's nothing, there are no magic words that are going to take away the pain of, of a lost one. So coming up and saying, you know, well, you know, he's with God now or she's with God now. It's all I, part I, of God's plan. Right. Like it's part, yeah. Everything we, happens for a reason. That's one of the worst ones. for a reason. Yeah. This, because uh, it doesn't, there's no reason for it. There's no, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. there's no plan. There's no reason for it. It's just a tragedy. It's just sad. And why is that not enough? You know, I, I think that right. should have to be enough for, for us. Like, it's it's just sad it sucks and we're gonna just sit in this but you're not gonna sit in it alone i will sit in it with you that's the best thing that you can do for someone who is grieving uh don't offer any advice don't yeah don't talk about the god's plan or anything like that just say this sucks and and I'm going to be here. You're not going to go through this alone. And mm -hmm. I think that if people understood that a little bit better, it, it would, it would avoid a lot of those awkward conversations, you know, at, at where, you know, people are trying to provide some sort of reason or, or, you know, um, excuse for why this happened. It's just, it just sucks. It's just a terrible, terrible tragedy, tragic situation. And that has to be enough. And and there is no like resolution. There's no there's no third act to this sort of this sort of situation. It's just it's terrible. And but I'm here for you any way you need me. That's why I think it's it's kind of beautiful when people kind of surround someone who has lost somebody and they cook a meal for them and deliver it you know yeah that's one um, thing that like for me and going through this grieving process with like with my grandmother passing and being here for my mom and my aunts like more than saying something or whatever i wish we i wish people there were more people who brought a meal over or offered to to bring a meal over or offered to help uh clean out some of my grandmother's belongings and, yeah. you know, offload some things. And, you know, I just wish there were more people that tried to offer support in those ways. Cause I think that's more. Um, yeah. The words, meaningful. words are, are almost meaningless in those situations. I, and I hate to say it because it's, I know that the people saying them are, they think they're, they're doing something. Right. Good. They're well-meaning. They're well-meaning. But I I would say, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. Big hug. And how can I help you? What do you need? Um, because in those moments, the last thing you want to do is be cleaning your house or cooking meals and that sort of thing. And so those yeah. little gestures are actually much more meaningful than any words that you can say at a at a funeral or a wake or anything like that. Yeah, because that's one of the big things we've been dealing with is like trying to cook and like wrap your heads around buying groceries and cooking. And even when we bought groceries, they like spoiled because we were at the hospital all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just so hard to do those basic things. I think like those are really good things you can do to support um, 
people when their loved one has passed away for sure. Yeah. Jack, how I, about, oh, sorry. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, how about um, lessons you took from the people in your life that have passed on, you know, fond ways that you remember them and things you learned from them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that um, just thinking about my grandmother and her, her, her strength and her resolve, you know, just, um, and also her ability, like her capacity to love was, it's seemed limitless. And she, she, she really was uh, a kind person, you know, and, and we, all, we, we use that word kind, I think is overly used, you know, but mm -hmm. she was, you know, she was truly a kind person. Um, and I, I, I really do. Um, I, I really am so lucky that I had such a loving grandparent. Um, I mean, the, those are pretty big shoes to fill. I mean, she, she, she was filling the, the place of four grandparents with just one, one grandparent, but you know, she was like a second mother, you know, it was just like, we're going to Bubba's house. And she, you know, it was such such a traditional kind of grandmother. You know, she had chocolate chip cookies all the time. She baked pies. She, you know, she was an amazing cook. We would play board games at her house. And it was just, it was just so much fun. She was such a fun grandma. And um, uh, v v very, uh, very, very loving and uh and 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 my friend i mean i could go on for days and days but you know we he it's it's interesting like he is a friend we've ne we never had a um a, a, a like a cross moment or anything do you, do you know what i mean like yeah yeah it was it was just um you just clicked yeah, we just clicked we just clicked our, our our personalities, our sense of humor just aligned perfectly. He was very much like a like an older brother for me because he was a, f a few years older than me. Um and and I I I wanted to be like him. He was and he was cool. And and I looked up to him and uh and he was a a confidant, you know, a person that I could tell um anything to. And I knew that he would, you know, keep it, uh, you know, he wouldn't, you know, gossip or anything like that. And it, it was just, just a very trust, trusting person and, and, uh, uh, loved life, uh, well-traveled, um, everybody got along with everybody. I mean, he, there's just no one that he couldn't get along with, um, yeah, it, it it's just a it's a huge immense loss, and um, I, I I I I I'm so happy to have have known him. Um, what about you? What what uh, what what did you would you could you say you've taken away from your your grandparents? I think one thing I learned not directly to them, but after their passing, was um, spend as much time there's no there's never too much time spent with your loved ones because mm -hmm. one day they might just not be there 
Um, and maybe sometimes we put it off for later, like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm busy. I have this to do. So I, I can't, you know, come see you or whatever. And then, you know, one day you don't even have that option and it just makes you value the time that you have with, with your loved ones, the times that you have with the people that you cherish that much more because you realize it's not forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a big thing I learned from my grandmother indirectly, you know, she was always telling us, um, go live your life and enjoy your experiences, enjoy your youth as much as you can, because um, you only live once kind of kind of thought process. But a lot of times she she held herself back from doing things because um, there was only something more important than her, you know, traveling or her going to do something she really wanted to do and it made me realize like the moment is kind of now your life is is right here in this moment and you never know if tomorrow is gonna come and so you have to you know don't make your plans for later all the time i mean obviously there are some things that are long-term goals but as don't leave enjoyment for later every time don't leave you know your life for later every time because it'll go by in a blur and there will be so many moments that you missed out on because you were just waiting um i I think that's great great advice i mean i think there's something about that generation that is you know um there's some it's our gen, your generation in, and my generation are are different i think um yeah. i think we're starting to realize that you know um t- taking those lessons and and i think the, the the older generation like the the baby boomer generation and and older Violent generation yeah yeah they're they're kind of like uh my my joy what are you talking about what is my happiness have to do with anything you know like yes. my my happiness is irrelevant um and and that's kind of sad you know that that's um the the kind of uh thinking that they you know they they were always worried about their children you know like the yeah the children's happiness and i think i think the younger generations now are starting to go you know what maybe the uh that way overused expression carpe diem you know seize the day is uh is actually there's some truth in that that yeah. um, you you your happiness is not irrelevant it's okay to have experiences chase your dreams uh live your life to the fullest and and not have any regrets uh when you when you pass and these kinds of uh, sudden, um, losses, um, remind us of that. I think that's what you're, you're getting at. It's like, oh yeah, I need to, if I, if I'm going to honor my grandmother's life or honor my friend's life, then I need to live my life to the fullest. And I think that's part of the acceptance stage as well in the grief process is like yeah. you're you're turning you're going to turn something terrible and try to instead of 
being depressed instead of trying to negotiate a different outcome. Going negatively, yeah. Exactly. You're going to you're going to live even a little more um passionately, love a little bit more intensely, um work uh a little more um I don't know, uh, you know, what was your just, goals and your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are the, and, 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 and I, I don't, I hate to say that that's like turning a negative into a positive because it's that, that's not what, what you're doing, but what you're doing is you're honoring that person's life by not like dealing with, you know, getting drunk every night uh, to right, try to forget right. about it is not honoring that person's life. You, right. And so, and that's how some people cope with depression and anger and denial and all those things. And the acceptance stage is that, no, you're, you're living healthfully. You're still, you still grieve that person's the loss of that person, but you're also living your life as fully as you possibly can to honor that person because they no longer are able to. And so, and I think that's, that's the most beautiful thing you can do in the wake of a tragedy like that. Yeah, because for me, it's like, we're cleaning out my grandmother's things. And there's so many things that there are gifts that my aunt gave her that my mother gave her um, that were still wrapped in the packaging um, because they were like saving them for a special occasion and no occasion was special enough kind of thing, because that's like the thinking, that's the mindset behind it is like, it's like, it's never the right moment. Um, and I think the older generations were very much about, um, save now, enjoy later. And I think our, us younger generations are starting with enjoy now and save later. <laughs> right. um, there must be a balance somewhere in there. There's probably some like happy it. middle ground. Um, but, you know, all, what do all those things mean in the, in the end? You know, it's like, um, you know, maybe your grandmother should have just opened those presents and let the grandchildren play with them, you know, or, mm. you know what I mean? Like, like really experience them and touch them and look at them and and uh enjoy them just enjoy her own life because i feel like she never thought about her own happiness she didn't really i'm sure she had joyful moments she did i know that as much but it's like i feel like so many joyful moments that she could have had she just put them to one side because um her children were more important her grandchildren were more important um whatever was going on was more important in the moment than taking that trip, um, enjoying something for herself, um, being selfish for once. And I think it's just, it's so important to just have those special moments for yourself sometimes. I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, I mean, what is she, what, what is she guilty of? She's guilty of being a very selfless person. You know, I know, um, which is a beautiful thing for exactly, sure. Exactly, exactly, and and that's something that you can appreciate about her and just say, "Wow, what a what a a beautiful selfless person she was," and um and you know maybe she did derive great happiness from um seeing her family thrive, you know, and mm. and do well, and and I get that as a parent. I think I I would I would get a lot of 
I get a lot of happiness in seeing my daughter succeed. And, um, and, and sometimes that's enough, to, but like you said, I think, um, maybe, you know, uh, taking that trip or doing that thing, uh, that you really, really want to do is, doesn't make you a selfish person either, you know? Yeah, it's the situation where it's like um, it's your children and grandchildren will be so much that much happier to see you also do things for yourself. There you go. That's Enjoy right. things That's for yourself. right. And that's the that's maybe where they can't quite get to in their minds is like, Yeah. they're you know, they're going to think that I'm being selfish. And it's like, no, 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 we we want you to be happy, too. And Yeah. and so, yeah, I think that uh, those are some good, good takeaways. Actually, I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation because it's actually helped me process some of my own kind of thinking and ideas around grief. Um, yeah, it's it's too bad, uh, you know, that we that that you experienced that so recently. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm really sorry for your loss. Um, appreciate but uh, it but I'm glad we had this conversation it was really really helpful yeah me too all right listeners well if you have ever had a loved one pass away you're going through grief yourself um you know what it's like or if you you're lucky and you don't know what that's like yet um and you know let us know in our whatsapp group leave a comment down below at a to z english podcast.com or shoot us an email at a to z english podcast at gmail.com we would love to hear about how grief is in your culture uh what grief is like in your country what the funeral process is like all of those things I really like to hear about all of your guys' different traditions in your home countries. Um, so, yeah, shoot us a line, as we say in the U.S. <laughs> and see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.